Hi, hello. It is Josh Bo, one of the many editors over at MavsMoneyBall.com, coming to you with another edition of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Mavericks lose a frustrating game to the Los Angeles Clippers, 99-97 in Dallas on a Saturday night. I am taking the hosting reins from Kirk for this night because Kirk has been running himself a little ragged and, and doing recaps and staying up late, and we have the crazy tread de- deadline stuff. Uh, and also, I think I only watched about the last two minutes of this game with real life getting in the way, so I figured, hey, uh, maybe I'll just record, host, and edit, and uh, I'll let Kirk go off. Kirk, how are you doing? I'm okay. I mean, if you were to pick three to four minutes to watch of this game, those were the three <laughs> to four minutes to watch because yeah, I saw all the good Lucas stuff. Woo, woo. <laughs> um, I'm not really sure where to begin. So it was sort of a like the letdown game was coming. Luka Doncic scored 51 the other night. It was a very emotional win. Um, I think like cathartic in some sense because the Mavericks, you know, were playing like Kristaps Porzingis was gone. There was like kind of an element of you know, I think everybody got along, but like there's just some closure to that thing. And so it's being able to come out and win against a, a Clippers team, which gives them problems kind of regardless of how they're playing uh, was something. And then tonight, you know, Luca was getting matched up against early on Zubak and he just couldn't couldn't score. Um, was like three of 10 in the first quarter, I think. It wasn't bad, but the Mavericks were up. And then in the second quarter, um, Coach Jason Kidd decided to uh, uh, run out a, a lineup which featured Josh Green and Frank Nilakina, um, which was an absolute war crime. The Mavericks uh, gave up a 7-0 run in two minutes. And I, they might have let – yeah, they definitely led again in the second half – or in the second quarter. But I don't actually think they – you know, the, the Clippers ended up taking the lead at halftime. And I don't think the Mavericks led again in the game. Um, Trey Burke ended up getting hurt, uh, which I would like to kind of circle back on because the reliance and insistence that Trey Burke is an answer at ball handler is a cheap cop out and a reason the Mavericks, um, I think are, you know, I'm just very frustrated by that decision. I don't want to circle back why later, um, the third quarter went okay. The fourth quarter, the Mavericks looked like they're about to just basically get the game was basically over. Um, and then things got a little dicey. Where is my game at three 30 or so three 20, the Mavericks called a timeout. And at that timeout, Terrence Mann, who, and let me be clear. Like, I really like Terrence Mann. I think Luca and Terrence Mann would really get along with one another, like just because of that feisty competitive streak. But at the, the three 20 mark, the Mavericks took a timeout down six, 88, 82, Terrence Mann got in Luca's face, and Luca proceeded to score 15 points over the next three minutes and scare the shit out of the Clippers. The flip side was the Mavericks couldn't defend, couldn't grab rebounds. It was sort of the Luca only show, and his teammates didn't perform. Um, and they ended up falling uh, 99 to 97, despite getting an opportunity at a last second shot. I'm really, I'm really grossed out by the rest of the Mavericks, like. Brunson on yeah. down Brunson who fucked up a last second foul even though he actually played a much better game than he has against the Clippers recently Dorian Finney-Smith just got a huge payday and proceeded to you know his stat line is he was as ineffective at his as his stat line indicates is what I'll say and and it just kind of goes on down the line yeah I mean uh, I, I did the math I think the non-Luka Mavericks in the last two games and these two Clippers games scored a combined 113 points in the two games 
which is not good for an entire roster except for one player, even when that one player is as good as Luca. So, yeah, uh, I'm looking at the box score, and yeah, that Dorian, the Dorian and Maxi uh, lines really stick out to you. I mean, those are two of the guys that you really count on and what they combined for uh, basically Dorian like 60 big, minutes I'm... and three three points in 60 minutes. Three points in 60 minutes between the two of them. And Maxi was really a big rebounding asset in the last game. And he was again tonight, eight rebounds in 22 minutes. But he was served three, and there is no one near him on all three shots and was terrible. And then at the end of the third quarter, basically turned the ball over on a lot. No, it was into as halftime. Basically turned the ball over trying to do some like whirly do bullshit, which <laughs> he threw like a terrible pass to Brunson, and Brunson had to throw up a grenade. And it's just like, We've not even, you know, we've not even, like, Luca had 45 points, 15 rebounds, and eight assists. The man has 96 of the Mavericks' last 207 points. It's crazy. You have to fucking do better than that, the rest <laughs> of you. Luca took a lot of shots, okay? I'm not going to back away from that. All right, he missed some free throws because, of course, he missed free throws. But I'm just, like, I'm so, this was a game where I'm so thoroughly grossed out by the non-Reggie Bullock, and and to a certain extent, Jalen Brunson, because again, he did play better. But he also, you know, Brunson got saddled with that two-man lineup with um, Nilakina and Green, and it was terrible. And and uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, at at this point, it's it's hard to imagine the bench getting any worse than it is right now. I mean, what? I mean, the bench literally only made two baskets, two fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> two fourteen. They scored four points. Uh, Josh Green played twenty minutes and and was one of seven from the floor. That's pretty crazy. Um, I mean, Josh Green is just not a a he's not a traditional basketball player. And I'm willing to have debates with people that think he could become a thing. Okay, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say he's not an NBA player, but I will tell you he is not an NBA player for a playoff bound team. He is like. You can't play him. He Every good thing he brings, he takes something away. He had three steals tonight. He missed four layups that I saw. Like, this is the sort of stuff where it's like, oh, he was a terrible finisher at Arizona. And everyone's like, what? No. Like, he, he, he was bad. And he, he doesn't know where to go sometimes. And sometimes it's amazing. Other times, particularly against teams with length, it's disastrous. And tonight was just not a good game for him. And I'm 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 sure he'll have games where he bounces back. But the Mavericks could have used anything from him. And his nice one of seven in 20 minutes was horrendous. They just needed him to do anything positive, and and he, he didn't. No. Um. And this is where you know you. I was wondering when the the trade was made with KP. Um, I was very, my biggest concern was that there's a possibility that Dinwiddie and Bertans with the way that they've played in Washington, like I was almost wondering like they could actually make the team actively worse just by but like them being on the floor could make the Mavericks the worst team tonight is a, is a bad example of that. Cause it's hard to imagine how <laughs> you can't, you can't get any worse than what the bench did tonight. Like even, even Dinwiddie scoring like 10 points on. 12 shots would have been like, okay, like something. Yeah. yeah. And that's so, really the hope. So like, yes, that's, the I, I think it's worth pivoting to this because yeah. 
We've not seen either of these players play. They're going to get three days. They're going to have a moment. A lot of people are expecting some sense of rescue from Spencer Dimwitty. And I don't think that is a fair thing to put on him. He has been nothing short of horrendous in Washington. There's the argument for vibes. There's the argument for him coming back from a torn ACL. He has two things to which I am more than willing to say the rest of this season is a pass. I want to see how he looks next year. But the Mavericks need something now is, is my real thought. They they do, but I think the thing that's tough to wrestle with is trading KP. I mean, they basically admitted they're taking a step back this season. So interestingly enough, this game doesn't bother me as much as it would have oh, bothered really? me if KP was on the roster because okay. if KP's on the roster, you know, I'm still stuck in that existential limbo of this is the same roster we've seen for three years. They're not changing it. What are they going to do? It's going to be the same result, and they're they're just never gonna they're never gonna move off these guys. But now that they've made the KP trade, like, I mean, if you make that trade, you're basically saying, okay, like we have to move on from KP at yeah. all costs. I, I don't. Doesn't that feel like them sort of admitting, like, okay, we're gonna have to take a, a short term step back, like. I don't know how other how else you can look at it. Like I, I mean, unless they're re, they really think Dinwiddie and Bertans are going to be like these plus guys. I, I mean, that's a trade you make and you and you say, okay, we're going to take a step back to maybe take two steps forward or to get off the you know the ticking time bomb that's KP. Like I don't know. There's a part of my brain that's, that's a like, good point. Yeah, it's like I don't like this doesn't bother me as much because if they're gonna if they're trading KP, I mean there's no way they're married to all these, you know what I mean? Like that means yeah. the possibility of them making more change in the off season is out there. Like they've, yeah. they've kind of broken the dam. I think my problem is I've yet to fully accept and process the fact that they have seeded this season and are, and not really seeded it in, in like the short term. They're obviously going right. to compete. They're going to do whatever, but yeah. I've yet to really understand what that means. I'm going to need to see it. And a loss like tonight is an example and I don't know. I'm just not willing to to to. Uh, my brain is going to have a hard time with this as we go forward. Like bad Luke, bad losses when Luca balls out is are are just like they frustrated me since always. It's just <laughs> going to be worse today and moving forward because it just it comes back to to and and this is where you and I have had a hard time with this, and I think where our audience is is somewhat limited. Because a lot of people just don't want to hear that the Mavericks have fucked up repeatedly. And I don't want to talk about how the Mavericks have fucked up repeatedly. But that's kind of what you keep circling back to. Where I'm having to have conversations and earnestly look into what Davis Bertans might mean for the Mavericks. <laughs> but when a night where, you know, the non-Luka, non-Reggie Bullock Mavericks shoot four of 16 from three and most of them wide-ass <laughs> open. Can't get any worse. Can't get any worse. Right. Can't get any worse. You know what that dude is shooting from the corners, by the way? Dalton and I talked about this. Bertans, he's shooting like 57% from the corner. <laughs> like, that's he just has to play. That's not a number. Like, yeah. just, like <laughs> what is that? Anyways, the, the particulars of this game were, were partic just like, it's a great way to spend a Saturday night because, like, look, we're in February. We're in the doldrums of the season. Our staff, I love all of you if you're this far into the podcast, our staff has has sort of mentally checked out for an all-star break, <laughs> which means, like, like, the average fan is too. So, like, the, that a game that was this competitive was really neat. 
And I, I was just, it's one of those, like they, they, they've not had as many this season, but there's just enough of these like losses that are, I'm just like, man, they're going to want that one back is where my head is. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I, the more they lose these types of games, the more that them moving out of that fifth seed range is starting to become a little unattainable. And I think Mm -hmm. the jazz have, the jazz have picked themselves and, and, and dusted themselves off. They've won five in a row. Well, they made some um, trades too. Some good yeah. trades. Yeah, they did. They were, you know, they did what they could to to replace Ingles with Neil Alexander Walker. Uh, so, you know, I mean, now the the worry, you know, it's such a funny spot. They're they're like two and a half back from the Jazz, and the Jazz are kind of got their mojo back. So you have to assume that it's going to be very difficult to catch them. And they're also two and a half up on Denver. Uh, so I, I don't really see them going anywhere. Uh, so they're kind of just stuck in that in that fifth spot. And it's a weird place, but yeah, um, I don't know. It's it, it's hard for me, you know. Maybe we need to see a game with with more games with the new Dinwiddie and Bertans and see what they do before we properly assess. But uh, I will admit, you know, as someone who didn't watch the whole game, so you know, get mad at me if you want. Um, nah. But man, loading up the box score and seeing that Dorian thirty nine minutes, three points. <laughs> literally 20 you know well like, two of his shots after. happened on one possession where he missed a three horrendously and the ball basically came back to him and he like ran and took a running like scoop layup which also missed and it's just like man yeah. bub like i don't know that's don't gonna know. be that's i understand i'm not disagreeing with the contract i would have done it too but it's like i just hope i don't know i just hope they're there's some wiggle room there in terms of where you he see him needs to take more shots. Like it is yeah. not just a, a, a scoring thing. Like, okay. Yeah. We need to look at him and see, he needs to make more shots. He just needs to take more shots. Yeah. I don't know how he, I mean, I, like I said, I didn't watch the game. And only take four. T- oh, this yeah. is only going to make me grumpier as the night goes on. I do. I do at least want to pivot to the big picture stuff because yeah. I think what you had to say there about, you know, us sort of like, you know, any, anything, this, this trade sort of signifies that I'm not sure they think they can get out of the first round. And that is very hard to swallow. Now, anything can happen in a playoff series, but one of the reasons why this trade was frustrating to me and not just because I'd kind of grown, grown used to the Porzingis two out of every three games plays good defense stuff. If he doesn't get out of the first round, this narrative for Luca grows stat like trades lineups doesn't matter. The Mavericks have saddled Luca with a lot of baggage and it's just not his fault. And it's going to make me very frustrated as the year goes on. Now, maybe, maybe Bert, maybe Bertans and, and Dinwiddie really work and they're able to, to surprise a, a team in the second round or in the first round, but I, the taking a step back is not something I had even processed, even though that we talked and yelled about this trade the other night. And I don't know. I mean, the, the Western conference is decimated this year, guys. Like the Lakers are a broken joke. I can't imagine that's going to be the same next year. The Clippers are missing their two best players. The Nuggets are missing their second best player. The, the Warriors are missing their second best player for a huge stretch. Like, 
the road to, to getting better does not get easier for these Mavericks. Yeah, and the Clippers I, are going to be way better next year. The Nuggets are going to be way better next year. The Timberwolves are theoretically going to be way better next year. Well, Timberwolves are, are always theoretically going to be I better know. next year. But <laughs> I, I hear I, – and I don't – like. I just – a lot of people are, are, you know, Zach Lowe, for example, on his podcast basically gave credit to the Mavericks talking about how they have accepted the fact that this didn't work and that that's sort of like a, a sign of progress, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I, but like, but that's it's still such in a, the big sense, it's like they failed. It's such a moral victory. Right, right. And I hate it. <laughs> I yeah. hate it because you and me, and people don't like, like, the people who really don't like us hate it when I say this shit. But, like, what we said in 2019 was not a hot take. It no. was, please use all the means to get better at your, um, at, you know, please please use every means possible to become a better team. And they didn't do that. And they banked on a hope. And when I heard Zach Lowe also say on TV, the Mavericks are now positioning themselves for the 2023-24 free agency, I wanted to die. I wanted to just like throw myself into traffic. It's so insane. Plan powder 4.0. Are we kidding ourselves? And I know that's really was it's more about like contract stuff, but this just whole thing has me sort of in a existential place, which I'm going to be okay. I'm I'm gonna be fine. Every like the Mavericks are going to be fine. Like again, Lucas scored forty five points tonight. What am I bitching about? I, I just it, it's very frustrating for me at the moment. Does that make sense? No, it does. It's because it's like we're 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 happy for the relief of the thing that we you know we are not going mad. Like we're not watching something different than everyone else is. They finally admitted like, hey, this is. They admitted what we've been watching for a while, which is this isn't going to work, and mm -hmm. they've admitted that. But the problem is, it's like okay, but you're now. Like just because you admitted to the failure doesn't make the failure go away. Like it's still it's still there, uh, and now they have to try to recoup and rebuild. And it take like they can't. You know, there's not a magic. You know, there's not a magic move to make in the next six months to change the trajectory. It just they kind of have to take their medicine, right? They kind of have to take their lumps, and to do that when Luke is playing in an MVP level is very, very disappointing. So yeah, it's it's a weird feeling of like relief that they're not going to go down the path they've been going down for three straight years, but also kind of like a, a like splash of cold water to the face. It's like oh, now they got to do something. You know, it's it's going to take a while to pivot. And, right, right. And, because like the the flip side of 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 Porzingis being gone is the narrative will now shift from. Oh, they're not involving Porzingis enough to where Lewin Lucas scores 45, grabs 15, and dishes eight, and the Mavericks lose to oh maybe <laughs> it is everybody else. And so, you know, the Slovenian folks who've been yelling at me for three years are gonna be like, This is what we've been saying the whole time. And it's like, I don't know. I give, you know, there, there's there's give and take to these discussions because it's every game. I just hate losing to the Clippers. I, I hate like Marcus <laughs> Morris played. Marcus Morris had the most like like just empty stats, like twenty like he was a negative 10, but his 20 points were just remarkably important. Like their starters, this this is listen to this stat. Their starters were all 
in negative plus minus. And they <laughs> that's, won. That's really fun. I mean, we'll think about how, I mean, the Mavericks bench played about the worst bench game I've ever seen from an NBA team in yeah. a long time. So I guess that makes sense. Unfortunately, what sucks is um, now they get Miami mm. and Miami's not bad. I'm New great. Orleans is after that. Uh, they're, is, they're fresh. Yeah, they're, they're, then, yeah. I mean, the schedule is looking a little weird. It's Miami, New Orleans, Utah, Golden State, Los Angeles. And those are well, all are those, road games. Are those after the All-Star break, though? Uh, two of them are before. And the, the Utah, Golden State, Los Angeles are after the All-Star break. Yeah, so let's let's get yeah. to the All-Star break and then sort of reassess. Because, right, you, know, right. you know, those in a secession are sort of a different different beast because if you know that's just sort of where we are the last thing i want to touch base on is goran Dragic has essentially fallen out of the mavericks plans and i want to make clear that i had always hoped that that goran would come to the mavericks to be able to help luca as a professional i still think he can play i know he can play he was the best second best player and often best player on a team that made their way to the finals like 18 months ago because the nba schedule is so jacked up he is not washed. Anybody that says he's washed is a person that doesn't watch basketball. Sorry. He didn't really have a great start with the with the Raptors, but they play a distinct style and they really weren't interested in his kind of veteran stuff. Um, I fully believe that Dragic is potentially, I mean, I think he's better than Dinwiddie right now. Um, the Mavericks sort of electing to go, oh, we're going to play Trey Burke. Like Trey Burke is not an NBA player anymore. Sorry. He's just not. Mm-hmm. And he got hurt tonight after two minutes, hurt his shoulder, got like a stinger, looked really painful. I'm sure he'll be fine. I hope he's fine. But relying on him, and they're like, oh, we already have Burke and Brunson. And it's like, Burke hasn't played this year. What the fuck are we talking about? And (laughs) it comes back to the fact that Mark Cuban probably doesn't want to eat that salary is what it comes down to. And if that's the case, and we'll never know that, but if that's the case, that's a horrendous, another line of mismanagement that really frustrates me. Um, there is the argument that, okay, there's not really the role for him here. He's not going to get the ball enough. Okay, I'm at least willing to buy that one. You know, the Bucks are probably a better team for him, but like some of the contenders are. But it's like if the Mavericks don't want him because they don't want him, that is a mistake. Yeah, and it's hard to, you know, I think the argument was, well, they have to cut another player to sign him. And mm-hmm. like, okay, well, do you cut Frank or do you cut Burke? You cut Like Frank is awful. You cut Frank. You cut like- <laughs> I know our fans love Frank, but you he is you cut awful. Frank. You cut Frank at ten times out of ten if, if Dragic is is wants to come to your team. I mean, we've had some fun. He had some moments, um, but you do not let a guy averaging four points a game, shooting thirty four percent from three, thirty eight percent from the like you that, like come on, like you don't you don't let that guy get in the way of adding you know Dragic to your roster. But we'll see. I mean, at this point. I mean, Dragic might legitimately not want to come here with now that the landscape is what it is. And I mean, if he wants a ring, he's going to go somewhere else. So, yep. I mean, that decision, like, it seems so sure of it because the Mavericks, you know, started playing well and they had, you know, a, a glaring need. But now the glaring need's not as glaring um, since Dinwiddie will take up some minutes. Uh, and now it seems like other contenders look a little bit more uh, prominent look more promising to him so i don't i don't know it's it's gonna be very it's it's very weird though how it went from like he's a sure thing to now they're not even on the list yeah and 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 i had you know friend of the show point out to me where it's like this is why i thought 
the Mavericks are getting leveraged all year because there's this Slovenian connection. That may be the case. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I find this whole deal very frustrating because Luca is so unbelievably good. And there are moments when he just can't be talked. He can't be reached. And how could he? He's just on a different stratosphere. And I believe that Drogic is a person that can reach him at moments when he needs it. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, is there anything else you want to go over before we get out of here? No, I talk too much. <laughs> oh, it's okay. You can do a green room? Uh, probably. Talk some more like a moron. Okay. <laughs> I have a feeling the the people that like joining your green rooms are gonna, would like. I, yeah, I this like is good. Want it. This is a good. This is actually room. why they're fun because it's yeah. like talking about like when they win, they're actually sometimes not very fun because it's like, hey, the Mavericks are great, and like when they lose, it's like Fuck it's called guys. group therapy for a reason. <laughs> I need to find a better title for victories. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, then let's get out of here. Um, it's a Saturday night. Uh, let's go enjoy the rest of our Saturday, our, our wonderful uh, dad Saturday nights. That's um, right. This is this is Josh Bow, Kirk Henderson, Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Uh, check out the podcast. Check out. I'm gonna guess Green Room will drop in your feed sometime tomorrow. Check out the recap. Check out our post-trade deadline content because, good Lord, we have a ton of posts. A lot. <laughs> since the trade deadline. I mean, not just, you know. I've really proud calm. of it. Really proud of the team. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's been really fun. Uh, Xavier's got a post. Doyle's got a post. I've got my column. Uh, there, there, there's a lot of good stuff on the site right now. So go check it out. Again, Mavericks lose 99-97 to the Los Angeles Clippers. We will be back with you guys Tuesday night after the Miami Heat game.